0: Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, we've been discussing secret knowledge that a lot of NAR and charismatic teachers claim to have that come from visions and revelations and even visits to heaven. We left off last week talking about 2 Corinthians 12.5. Do you just kind of want to give us a little overview of the context there, and then we will pick up with Paul's teaching in 2 Corinthians 12.6?
1: Okay, we're in this section where we're talking about the boasting about visions and his experience in the third heaven we've talked about that previous episodes verse 5 by way of review on behalf of such a man i will boast but not on my own behalf i will not boast except in regard to my weakness okay such a man and and on my own behalf it's the same person right but he distanced himself from the heavenly vision because it's inappropriate to speak about it, and he's been forced to do so in this so-called full speech okay. by the need to help the church not listen to people who are making these claims. Right. So he had a real one, and he's forced to talk about it. He doesn't want to.
0: Yeah. Well, so- and that's quite the opposite of some of these teachers we've been talking about in recent programs. The Bigger the vision and revelation they have they have, the more credibility they seem to be given. Right. That's
1: a, yeah.
0: They, they have no shame in boasting about their visions and revelations.
1: Well, it's it's worse than just not having shame. It's the currency of their movement.
0: Right. That's what gives them credibility in the eyes of their peers.
1: Right. It's how they keep score.
0: <laughs> right. And it's
1: also how they gain followers, and it's also how they gain massive amounts of influence, sometimes financial prowess through the size of their budget and the way they're able to fly around, depending on who we're talking about. And not I'm not claiming everyone is motivated by money, because God knows the motives of the heart. Right. But you gotta wonder, you're not going to get a big crowd if you haven't had a vision to tell about. Right. If all you know is the Bible, and the cross, and redemption, and forgiveness, and and expository Bible preaching are the things that God has ordained, you're not going to get even a hearing. Okay. Okay. It's just they don't want to hear that. Right. But if you've got magnificent claims of miracles, or visions, or angelic visitations, or uh, visions of the third heaven trips to the third heaven that is just huge and that gets the massive crowd and even since the last time we sat down to record i people send me links to a couple more that have shown up right and they get more bizarre all the time
0: yes the one this week was that Chris Valentin and his visit from the Archangel Michael, apparently looking like a pro wrestler.
1: Oh, I think it was Gabriel.
0: Oh, Gabriel. Okay.
1: So Gabriel wears tights and has big, massive body. and Yeah. This is in the crowd is eating it up. If that's what you get at church, you're not learning the word of God. Right. Okay. That's not going to help you in your time of need. Exactly. So Paul doesn't even want to talk about a valid one he had, but he has to in order to show the foolishness of talking like that and to refute the people who stake the claim of superiority based on those things. Yes. So Second Corinthians is telling us not to do that sort of thing and the people doing it have massive amounts of followers, and they don't even blush about doing it. And I wonder if they've even read Second Corinthians.
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: Maybe they read it sometime, and if they grew up in a church and Sunday school, I don't know. Yeah, if they have read it. It it just doesn't even register, right? If they t- took First and Second Corinthians. Seriously, and took it according to the author's intent, Paul's intent, everything they do would change. Yes. Because the gifts that God gives are not there to make us be portrayed as great and powerful in the eyes of the ordinary Christians who show up and go to the meeting but have no hope of any such thing. They're, they're given the hope. Right. People are holding uh, schools of the supernatural as yet, if the supernatural can be learned to be done in a school, it's not supernatural.
0: (laughs) That's a good point.
1: Because God will not be manipulated by techniques. Right. He does signs and wonders according to his will at his time. Yes. And we're not in charge of it. Right. So that's going on. Someone called me, uh, that goes to our church, as a friend of mine who had just seen a video where somebody went to it and then recorded it and showed what they are doing. It's just amazing. Okay. It's shocking. Yeah. Okay, so in contrast, Paul says in verse 5, uh, on my own behalf, I will not boast except in regard to weaknesses. Right. So that's the Greek, is ossity weakness. So that's what he's going to talk about. And that's going to bring us to this thorn in the flesh that everybody's heard about.
0: Right. And that yeah. tends to be what people focus on in this passage. Uh, but then they miss the important part.
1: Right. So speculation about what it was. See, the one thing we don't know is what everybody wants to know. And what we do know, which is why it was given to him and what we learned from it, Falls on deaf ears for the most part. Yes. So we would like to make up for that deficiency by explaining the real impact of this and why Paul is sharing it. Okay. Okay. All right. So So in verse six, for if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I will be speaking the truth, but I refrain from this. So that no one will credit me with more than he sees in me or hears from me. Okay. I think we cited what they did say about him. Uh, Do you remember that one, Jessica?
0: Yes, we went over that in an earlier episode, but they basically said his speech was contemptible and his appearance was unimpressive. They really didn't have anything uh, impressive to say.
1: Yeah, they didn't. They just thought he wasn't impressive compared to their favorite preachers. Right. So that is certainly in contrast to how people portray themselves nowadays. But we'll find out what they did hear and see from Paul. And it's something far more important than being someone who impresses the crowds, whether you have anything good to say or not.
0: Yes. Well, and false teachers can be very charismatic, and they can tell a good story, and they can entertain a whole auditorium full of people, but that doesn't make them correct.
1: Right. In fact, it'd be very hard to draw a large crowd if you have the sort of uh, characteristics that Paul describes about himself, at least as far as what his critics had to say. Yes. Now, verse 7, if we go to that, Okay. Here is what he does know happened due to the revelations, which he would prefer not to even speak about. Okay. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Notice, repeats that. Yes. Okay, so that is the consistent theme in the New Testament. And you really see it in in Luke Acts. I've talked about it a lot in Luke about who's the greatest. Which, when they start talking that way, Jesus rebuked them. And pride is the danger that lies behind every temptation,
2: okay. and
1: lies behind what led to the fall into sin, expulsion from the garden, and so on. We've talked about that. Yes. And so the danger was great for Paul to fall into that trap because he really had extraordinary experiences. Right. And including what many claim falsely to have, have been to the third heaven, Uh, he's he's a fool to even mention it. Okay. So, what resulted from that to keep him from exalting himself, not that he went to do so, was a messenger, literally, angel of Satan. Okay. The angel of Satan, angelos is the Greek word, to torment me. Okay. So, that is very important. I think I mentioned. That uh, I just got a new commentary on Second Corinthians. Yes, and the it's in the Pillar Series uh, by a man by the name of Mark Seefried. Okay, him because this is so well written. It's one of the finer commentaries on Second Corinthians. I've only read this section. I just got it. Yes, about a month ago. It's amazing.
0: It is. It is very readable. Uh, he's a gifted writer. And actually, it's not very often you come across a commentary that's interesting to read. But I've enjoyed what I've read of it so far.
1: Well, I read, well, I, I preached or taught through Second Corinthians 15 years ago, more than 15 years ago, over a long time. And I wish I would have had it then, but it wasn't published yet. Okay. So anyhow, he points out why it's important, he believes, to see this as translated as actual angel, not just messenger. Okay. Because it makes it more um, pointed as far as what's going on. Yes. And there may be also, bringing to our mind, Job. Right. In, In Job, it was Satan. Yes. As we see the divine counsel, we see Satan show up and say, uh, Job's only serving you because he's getting benefits. See what happens when you take away the good benefit he has. And I think we've alluded to that recently as well. So this literally is an angel from Satan, in whatever sense that would be, sort of like Job. And What happens is uh, a thorn in the flesh. Yes. This this thing that would make him perhaps like what his critics saw. Okay. Weak. Right. Unimpressive. Distressed. Going through trials. And the sort of thing that doesn't make someone great in the eyes of a lot of hyper-spiritual people who claim they're above such things.
0: Right. And we've discussed this in the context of spiritual warfare before, but I think that's worth bringing out again. We know that this was a messenger of Satan or an angel of Satan because it's revealed in Scripture. Mm -hmm. But what we don't see is Paul seeking deliverance then, Yes. He prays.
1: Seyfried does such a great job of explaining that. Yes. He pray, all he does is pray that God would remove it. Right. And we'll get to that. But that's that's really a good insight into this warfare worldview and what's wrong with it. Okay. And in we're taking this time to go through this in the middle of the section we're doing on um, the, Dutch Sheets. The, yeah, excuse me, Dutch Sheets intercession, where we are directing the forces of heaven as to where they're going and what's going to happen. Right. This is totally the opposite. Okay. Anyone that can get out of that other worldview where we direct things we can't even see by getting revelations of them that may or may not be true and in speaking to angels that may or may not be who we think they are, to get outcomes based on some thing that we want, that may or may not be God's intended purpose, that is fishing around in the dark foolishly. Right. So Saul, now Paul, converted, Saul Tarsus, Paul the Apostle, had valid revelation he wrote part of the new testament he had an experience beyond that into the third heaven and it was forbidden to speak about it okay because of what he had that really was valid he is given divide passive by god an angel of satan that torments him right now this is Amazing thing, so he prayed and asked for it to be removed. Now, let me let me read that part. Point first of all, remember why the why we know, yes, keep him from exalting himself. Okay, every one of us who knows the Lord needs to not exalt ourselves. Right. And that would only harm us. We need to be sober minded. Okay. Verse 8 concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. Now, this uh, Mark Seyfried, his commentary in the Pillar series in Second Corinthians, sees an analogy with Jesus in the garden praying and the, the three times he prayed. If it's possible, take this from me.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Right. Okay.
1: I thought it was very interesting.
0: Yes. That's... Not
1: my will, but thine. Right. The prayers in the garden. I, I mean, honestly, I got this new commentary, I believe in, in March or early April, and I just astounded at yes. the insights. And... And see, in our uh, church and Sunday school, as we're studying the scripture together, we're looking for the best reading. Right. And sometimes the reading is just so good, you see, wow, that's an interesting reading. Okay. So if Jesus would pray, take this from me, but yet not my will but thine, how much more would it be reasonable for Paul to pray? But yet then submit to the divine will.
0: Right. And that's what he does.
1: In Jesus' case, this is his, I believe, and I've brought preached through that before. He is identifying with the, the laments of sufferers throughout the old testament. Okay. And there's a lot of lament literature in the old testament. Right. Okay, so Jesus um, laments, and to lament is a valid thing. Okay. When we have sorrows, uh, we're not monastics who uh, go somewhere to have somebody whip us to try to be more miserable and keep score based on misery. Right. We're wanting to live life and uh, be free from things that anyone would be want to be free from, but in the midst of it, if we go through a Job-type experience, we want to glorify God. Yes. And we know that what he does allow is for our good because he's committed to our sanctification and ultimately that we might be glorified and conformed to the image of Christ. And so you have Paul and then in Jesus uh, going through this in the Garden of Gethsemane, Paul, in this case, Appeals to God. That's what I tell people, by the way. We get emails from people about demons. Yes. And I tell them, appeal to God. Okay. Who's in charge of the realm of the spirits?
2: Not us. No,
1: God. And appeal to God. Okay. And he won't allow Satan to do more to you than what's going to be beneficial.
0: Right. And we can rest in that. We don't need to go seeking ways of interacting with the spirit realm. We can rest in God's sovereignty.
1: Yes, that's the essence of this whole section we've been doing, this whole series.
2: Yes.
0: That's
1: going on for months now. Because this is the prevalent air of popular Christendom today. Okay. Or maybe narrow down popular evangelicalism. Right. But it's elsewhere. It's in Roman Catholicism and Episcopal and this uh, mystical approach is seemingly everywhere. But it's it's prevalent and we need to refute it because it's harming people and keeping people who are lost, but yet are in Christian churches from the gospel. Okay. And so... God's in charge of his own creation. Yes. God determines how we come to him. God provided the way through Jesus Christ, his death on the cross. And so having a hyper-spiritual heavenly vision or getting into a meditative state, as many would like to do, is only going to harm us or deceive us.
0: Okay. And it does. It happens over and over.
1: Absolutely. And so that's why I say, go to God. And that doesn't mean God's going to tell you the name of the demon doing it.
0: Right. It's not going for secret information. It's making our requests before the throne of grace.
1: Right. Whatever Satan's allowed to do or not do, God's going to decide, not us. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean we don't resist the devil. We resist the devil by not believing his lies.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And the devil would certainly want us to not believe God has our best interests in mind. Right. You have to do it yourself. That's what you try to convince Eve of. God's withholding something from you.
0: Right. We kind of started this little this series kind of in the middle of our Dutch Sheets series with Eve in the garden.
1: Right. So it, it comes down, if you go through the whole scripture, he's coming back to the same thing. Right. Are we going to believe God, trust him, believe what he said, and come to him on his terms? Or are we going to think, it may not work out right, maybe I better go find some revelator to get a word of knowledge about what curse I'm under and what caused it, and then get somebody to break the curse so that things will get better
0: yes and sadly we hear that over and over that's the number one
1: type of thing that i hear yes either what curse what demon or the demon got you because of a curse some sort of a spiritual determinism that keeps us away from our hope in christ it's not without reason that the ending of romans 8 talks about um principalities and powers spiritual forces as part of what cannot separate us from the love of God. All right. Let me just cite a little bit from this Seafried. I love the eloquence. He says this on, on 7B as uh, in the commentary, if anybody buys it. The visit to heaven <laughs> was accompanied by visits from hell. Yeah. Paul's reported these attacks together with his petition in Christ's response, stand in the place of a report of a heavenly revelation that is characteristic, says Seafried, of the Jewish apocalypses almost certainly was likewise characteristic of the claims of the opponents. The transport to the third heaven and to paradise is not properly Paul's own experience, but that of one in Christ. What Then he says this. I have a little ellipses there. Okay. He says this. What was heard in heaven must remain in heaven.
0: And that's what we need to remember in this. This wasn't for Paul to tell.
1: It's just I marked that one up and double underlined it and put a little. See,
0: yeah. So if you
1: compare that. Compare what's in Second Corinthians chapter 12. To the genre of visits to heaven nowadays, and go back in church history—they've been going on for centuries. It's the polar opposite, right? What these would be apostles, prophets, visionaries, revelators, hyper-spiritual ones—they all tell.
0: Yes, and they sell they lots had of books. To
1: say, because they've been given a thorn in the flesh, and they're just learning how to exalt themselves, then they wouldn't be false prophets.
2: Right. they preaching
1: the gospel. Okay. Paul boasts about different things, and it's things that most people probably really wouldn't want. Right. Any more than Job wanted what he went through.
0: Yes. We just really need to be content with what God has revealed, and don't listen to these people in their visits right. to heaven.
1: Yeah, what he does allow us to go through is for the purpose of conforming us to the image of Christ, not for the purpose of giving us status that's a higher version of spiritual status than ordinary Christian have Christians have. God will not give that to us because it's not his will.
0: Right. Amen. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others as well as years worth of articles at the website CICMinistry.org. While you're there, click on Contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramas.
1: And Bob DeWay.
0: We'll see you next week.